listening to the voices behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Alex, Hannah, Georgie and Cassie. Coming up on today's podcast, we've got the Zimbabwe women's captain, Marianne Masunda. Now we talked to Mary about all things cricket in Zimbabwe and even the, the difficult stuff such as Zimbabwe being excluded from cricket and then being reinstated and their hopes and dreams to one day play in a World Cup. Obviously... We've invited you on to Women's Cricket Chat today because you know we are all about celebrating the women's game, and we've been we've had a, a very keen eye on your recent ODI series with Ireland, and we can't ignore your little unbeaten century in the first game <laughs> of that one. But yeah, joining us today we have Mary Ann Masondo, captain of Zimbabwe's women's cricket team, the Lady Chevrons. So welcome to Women's Cricket Chat. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That's all right. So just coming off the back of your series with Ireland, uh, which was actually your first ODI series, really, wasn't it? It was. It was. Yeah. So you were given ODI status by the ICC in April of this year. Was that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And so what was it like the build up for that series? You see, the thing we, we had done as a team was to sit down and make it a part of our team goals, you know, to qualify for the World Cup. And that's how we would have gotten the, the ODI status. So for it to come without us actually qualifying for the World Cup was like a huge, uh, you know, achievement. So we all have not played. We all had not played any official ODIs. I've played cricket since I was 15, but none of the cricket I played was like official. So, you know, debuting after 15 years at the age of 30 as well uh, was quite huge for me. Yeah, but age is just a number, isn't it? So that means that actually you scored an unbeaten century on debut. Yes. yes. So what was it like to do that in your first game and sort of lead from the front as captain of the side? Okay, so what I've done, what I've tried to do was um, just to play cricket without thinking I'm a captain because I've seen most of the captain struggle with form once they become captains, especially with their batting. So I just try to separate the two. I just go, I just, in that game particularly, I just thought, okay, what, what do we require per over? And I just went, went in with that mentality and, you know, it kept on giving me hope that we could do it. And I remember I was batting with, I think it was Precious Marange was batting with, and she was teeing off quite well, hitting sixes and fours. And I think we got to, I think we needed like 15 and I needed maybe seven or six to get my century. And she was like, no, no, I'll stop, you know, hitting the ball as hard so that you can get your century. And I was like, no, no, you're missing the point. We need to win first and then I can get my century. If I won't get the century, still fine. So that was my mentality, to be honest. And that's such a great mentality to have as a captain. You know, you really put that team first. And obviously you've been through quite a lot as a team over the last year and the last couple of years. How have you managed to keep everyone motivated in that time? Um, I think we've had good times and bad times and most of them have been bad. So what, what drives us is, you know, what we want to achieve as a team. You know, we, we understood that we have not been to the World Cup. And so part of getting to the World Cup, you have to go through the downs, the lows. And in that, you know, there are times when people are not motivated. So you just try to, you know, keep everyone focused on at the end of the day, guys, we want to get to the World Cup 
and we still need to fight in as much as everything is against us all the odds are against us we still need to fight and if we don't fight nobody else will fight for us you know so it's just constantly reminding each other of what what's at stake and you know telling everyone that it's okay for us to have low moments as long as we will fight it out and and stay on top at some point so it wasn't easy because it's different people you know the team has probably 20 people and they all looking forward to you motivating them at some point so yeah it's been tough but it's, it comes with the job and you know it is what it is at times and obviously qualifiers are such a big part of actually getting to the world cup what did it mean for you guys to win the qualifiers and take that step closer to getting to the world cup okay you mean the ones uh that we just finished in botswana are those the ones? Um, yeah, you see, the thing with these qualifiers is we have been successful and we have always qualified for the Africa regional qualifiers. Uh, and then in 2017, we lost to Uganda. So it kind of gave us a wake up call to say we, we should not be complacent. And so winning again this year uh, was us, you know, ticking a box that, you know, it's the first a step towards getting to the qualifiers. The next step would be the global qualifiers and, you know, going on like that. So we've just tried to keep it a moment at a time, a stage at a time, you know, ticking the necessary boxes. And I mean, just understanding what's at stake at, at, at you know, at that moment and, and trying to keep it very simple and enjoying the game as well. So it means a lot for us to tick one box and look forward to the next one and tick the next one and keep going on like that. And obviously what's mega exciting about the world qualifiers, they're going to be on home soil, aren't they? Um, yeah. And so are you hoping to be able to have home fans there? And is that, that obviously means a lot to you guys because like have matches on home soil anyway is good. But when they're World Cup qualifiers and there's that much on the line, what does that mean to you all? Yeah, yeah, it, it would mean a lot. I'm hoping by, by then fans will be allowed because when we played against Ireland, um, they weren't in France, but I'm hoping that, you know, because of the vaccination and where things are being led to go now, we'll be able to have fans. And it will obviously be exciting to, you know, be on home soil, home conditions and, you know, um, have so many teams in Zimbabwe and, you know, and play. Um, I think we've done well with, you know, qualifying in Botswana and winning the one game. Unfortunately, the other three did not go our, you know, our way, but it has kind of given people hope and a lot of people now support women's cricket in Zimbabwe. So it's, it's, it means a lot for us to have a lot of people rallying behind us and we're looking forward to the qualifiers in November. And just on the global qualifiers, you'll be playing against sides like Pakistan, West Indies and Sri Lanka. How excited are you to play those teams? We are very excited. I think the last time we played them was in, I think, Sri Lanka at the Global Qualifiers as well. And the only team that was not there was West Indies. So, you know, having to rub shoulders with other teams that have been to the qualifier to the World Cup and that have played the game at the highest level, it, it means a lot for us. It's, it's a learning curve and we, are, we can't wait for that. You know, it means a lot for us. We really want to learn as much as we can from that tournament. And obviously, you guys, you're, you know, you're the hot gossip at the moment. You're all over social media. You're everywhere. You're absolutely smashing it. And we love to see your positivity is just amazing. It's infectious across your Twitter, across all those kind of things. What do you think it means for younger girls in Zimbabwe to have role models like 
you and the rest of the team out there doing their thing. You say, you know, it's only your ODI debut at 30, but you're the captain and you've had to really lead the team through some difficult times. What does it mean to have those girls look up to you in, in those situations? Um, it's it's very inspiring. I think I actually bumped into a girl who recognized me. She said, hey, it's me. And I was like, what? You know, I have this effect on, on someone. And for me, it, it 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 means the world to me because imagine someone is waking up saying, oh, you know, I like how she plays. I want to be be like her one day. And now we have 15 role models in the country, you know, playing cricket, the, the whole team. I think that's where leaving a legacy comes from, you know, um, other girls having hopes and dreams based on what you would have achieved and accomplished. And, you know, how much more would you ask, uh, what, what more would you ask of, you know, people, uh, but just having that impact um, on them, you know, not talking to them, but your actions having such a huge impact on their lives. Um, it means a lot. It means a lot to us and me especially. And you talked about being a role model for these girls. When you were growing up and when you were learning the game of cricket, who were your role models and who really inspired you to get into cricket? I think on a, on a, on the cricket side, I always liked Charlotte Edwards. Now, I always say this in most of my interviews and I'm hoping that one day I'll just sit with her just have a conversation with her. But yeah, she was one person I always followed uh, and I still follow. And I think she really has done well for herself and for her country. And she continues to, to break ground still. So she's one person I always watched when, whilst she was playing and she was leading as well. So me for them to be captain a couple of years later was, you know, icing on the cake. Um, and then when I started playing cricket, it was my coach who kind of told me to come try cricket because when I was in high school, I played almost all the sports. So on this particular afternoon, I was playing hockey and the two coaches, hockey coach and cricket coach were friends. And I think he just saw me take a swing at the hockey ball and say, no, you should try, try cricket. You know, and from then on, I never stopped playing cricket. I actually did not go back to play hockey. So when it comes to cricket, it's Charlotte Edwards and my he's late, uh, my, my coach, he's late. But I think I've had a lot of support from my mom. You know, at a very young age, she egged me on to play sports. You know, sometimes culturally from you know, here in Zimbabwe, most women don't have the opportunity to play cricket, you know, not even on a society basis, but even the families as well don't allow or don't give a lot of support when it comes to sports. It's only sports are for the boys and, you know, women are not supposed to and stuff. So from a support system, you know, viewpoint, my mom has been very uh, pivotal in my career. And yeah, she has encouraged me ever since I was a young girl to just dream whether it's academics or non-academic, so yeah. Yeah, and you say, there obviously isn't, haven't been the opportunities for girls to get involved in sports the same way as boys. And you're lucky to have had that support. But you've also, these days, it's grown. You've got government support on that side. You know, you've got the, the sports minister is big for the women's game. But what is the importance of that continuing the momentum from that for girls to get the opportunities now who don't necessarily have that support from their mums like you did? Yeah, I think it's 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 very crucial because, you know, once something like this happens, it means that international cricket for women in Zimbabwe will be seen in a different light. 
So it has to also change the attitudes of people in, in, in positions that are influential, in positions that uh, can support the sport, um, even in the government, non-governmental organizations, the corporate world. You know, there has now, there has to be a lot of support coming from those channels because the game is now here to stay. And for us to maintain that, having that ODI status means we need to win a lot, lot more games and we need to perform well. And for that to happen consistently, it needs, you know, monetary support, it needs funding and it, it needs equipment. It needs, you know, a lot of opportunities. It now means a whole lot more women are supposed to get involved from the coaching to the umpiring to the match riffing and, that's all structures that needs to be put in place for the game to go on, for the game to continue, and for the quality of women's cricket in Zimbabwe to, to, to be good, to be competitive amongst other nations that have played cricket. I was actually quite interested with the stats that Ireland have played uh, over 140 ODI and it was our first. So in terms of development, that's such a huge deal. It's a big deal for Zimbabwe to, you know, get on the map as well and invest in the women's game and make sure that we compete at the highest level and it all comes down to the grassroots and having proper structures and having the corporate world, having the non-governmental organizations, everyone contributing towards, you know, the growth and, and, and the development of the game in the country. And you just touched there on the growth of the game. I'm not sure what the setup is like in Zimbabwe. But obviously in England, we have a domestic setup. We have a regional setup. Do you guys have anything like that in Zimbabwe? And if not, how does it all work when it comes to selection? We have, we have. It's just not as vibrant um, at the moment. But if you take a look at uh, last year, I think October, November, December, we had uh, eight weeks of, 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 of cricket, um, which was provincial. Uh, provincial uh, structures so four teams from the whole country from all the regions in the country divided into four played one day as in t20s and you know from there you then see the the talent that's there uh, the player pool also widens but if this happens consistently you know it's either it happens twice a year or more um, it means that players will, will have more more competition, and that means the quality of the game will improve as well. So for now, those are the structures that are there. But I believe that, you know, like other countries, obviously Zimbabwe will have to uh, try catch up, I think, and start from the grassroots. Junior school, introduce girls cricket in high school, introduce girls cricket club level, introduce girls cricket. And once that structure is built, then you'll have a lot of players coming up and selection will be easier as well. Competitions will be, competition will be harder as well. So that's the only way, you know, the game can, can develop and become deeper in terms of skill and levels, yeah. And so obviously it's great to have, you know, schools, domestic setup, international stuff, but it has been a difficult few years for cricket in Zimbabwe, women's, men's, juniors, all of them. So you, in... 2019, there was the suspension for government intervention. How hard was that hitting on the women's game, especially as it's something that's difficult to grow anyway? And how did you all get through that and come out the other side and then get hit by COVID as well? 
Yeah, I think I, I was actually laughing the other day that, you know, when and if anything happens, women look like they're the most hit, you know, not just in cricket circles, but like in general, if anything happens, the woman suffers the most. I, I just don't understand how that happens. But yeah, uh, we were hard hit. We were about to go for the qualifiers in Scotland 2019. Yes. And so we had come from hosting Africa qualifiers, uh, the same ones we had, we had in Botswana, we had hosted in 2019 and we won those. So the next level was going for the globals and we really amped for it. Um, the camp was exciting. The vibe was good. Uh, people were performing and you know everyone was in good nick. We had minimum injuries. So the, the, the team was in a good space. And so when this happened, I remember, I think we were about to go to Ireland. So what had happened was we were in camp for about three weeks. And two days before, we broke camp to go see family, get our hair done, you know, and, and yeah, and prepare for, for tour. So when we went home, we were told, okay, you need to delay coming back. There's something that's happening. So I thought, ah, you know, man, a day or two, everything was sorted. But no, it kept on getting worse and worse. We were not able to go to Ireland. So I was like, okay, fine. Maybe it's just Ireland. Scotland was like a month away. So I thought maybe in a month, surely, you know, us going for the global qualifiers is a big deal. Whatever is happening will be solved. But no, it kept on getting worse and worse. And just before the, uh, those qualifiers, we were actually suspended. So Namibia were the runners-up, and they were the ones who went to, to the qualifiers. So it was, it was bad, you know, coming from that place where you feel like, you know, we really want to compete, and maybe if we work hard enough, we'll be able to make an appearance at the World Cup. And it's a big deal because it's life-changing, the World Cup, you know, and having that opportunity, you know, taken away from you, and now you have to restart two years um, yeah, it was it was mentally draining. It was demotivating. Because <laughs> um, I think one of the toughest moments in my life, you know. So yeah, that happened, and then COVID happened the next year as well. So it kept things kept on happening, and you know, you almost feel like okay, I don't have to keep my hopes high here, you know, just in case I jinx it touch wood, you know, I might jinx it for the next tour or something. Let me just expect anything, you know, I might go, I might not go, anything can happen. So, you know, just pretty unstable environment, but, you know, it, it was completely beyond our control. Uh, we could only control how we reacted to that. So, yeah, that's, 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 those were the emotions that were going on and yeah, completely beyond our control. And how difficult or how challenging is it to push through those hard times? Because you were quoted as saying it would have been easy for you to give up in that time period. And that's a lot for anyone to go through, not just Zimbabwe cricket. Yeah, um, I, it could have been easy to, to give up and say, you know, what, waiting two more years. And the thing about these things, it's, it's also it also has to do with your life plans and so you almost think, okay, once I do this, then I could do this. I could do this as well. I could do this. So once one door closes, every other plan and goal you had kind of gets shut. You know, now you can't, you can't dream beyond that because there's no door to get into, you know, those opportunities you were thinking would come. So, yeah, we just had to say, okay, even if we give up, then what, you know, you know, then what? We just have to wait until the procedures are done. And if we get reinstated, then everything starts again. 
and we can start dreaming again and believing again. So we just had to go through those emotions, difficult as they were, uh, unfair as it was, especially for us, but we, we couldn't change anything then. I couldn't say after, you know, 13 years of playing cricket now, I just, you know, throw in the gloves and, you know, and give up. So yeah, it could have been easy to give up, but we, we had hope and, you know, look at us today. We had, we have the ODI status. We won one game out of four and we were really happy about that. We obviously have areas to improve on, but it means that, you know, there's still hope. Honestly, it's so inspiring to hear you say that. And also you say you won one game. You won your first ever ODI. <laughs> and so following that, you had a 100% win record. So you know what? That is a big tick because there's a lot True. of people who can't say that. You scored an unbeaten century on that debut. So these are all yeah. exciting things. And they talking are. of exciting things, how did it feel when you found out that you had been reinstated and you were allowed to carry on playing? I was so excited. Do, do you know, um, we went to, okay, I had I had a drink at, at the ground. There's a restaurant that overlooks the Harare Sports Club. And when I went there for a drink, you know, there was grass, you know, it's towards this and... You know, it was like, it's a ghost city. It's a ghost town. Um, and the moment we were reinstated, I felt like, yes, now we can restart. I knew it was going to be difficult, you know, to start again training because we we're not even allowed to train. We we're not allowed to hit balls. And for me, that's, that's my life. Cricket is my life. So every day I have something cricket related I do. So for me not to be able to go hit balls or go fielding or go for fitness, yeah, it was quite tough. So when we got reinstated, I, I felt like, okay, now I can start again. I can, my, at least my schedule for the week is now back to normal. Because now I didn't know what to do with myself for those couple of weeks, you know. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it just meant that things can start, can start again. We can try again. It was like an opportunity to try again. Was there a big party or was it just like a bit of a relief at the same time? No, no, just a bit of a relief, a party. No, we, we were not, we, I think we were too emotional to, you know, celebrate in that, in that way. So it was just a relief to say, okay, you know, this is a door we did not want shut for a long time or permanently. So, yeah. Yeah. And obviously as the captain, you know, you were probably, you know, tuned into everything that was going on in that situation. And during those times, how did you, you know, vamp up everyone again when it all got back going? Be like, right, girls, come on. This is the focus. This is what's happening. This is my whiteboard. This is my timeline. We're <laughs> heading to the World Cup, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I think I think for, for most of that comes from motivation and, and the, the goals you want to accomplish in the changing room. You know, what you write down every day to say, you know, this is the, the time we want to achieve this goal by. And we just had to rethink that and look at the timeline and say, okay, this year is gone this goal here is not going to be achieved now. So, you know, let's start again. And we map out a way forward. So once a, once a person sees they still, uh, the goal can still be achieved, it's just a matter of time. Then a person then begins to think, okay, maybe there's hope. Maybe she's making sense. Maybe, you know, something can be done. So let's start again. Let's try again as a team. Let's, you know, come together and agree on one thing and, and push for it. So that's that's just what we try to do in the changing room. Check. Okay, guys, it's done. There's nothing we can do about it, you know. But now there's still work to be done. There's still goals to be achieved, and you know, personally and individually, the things you want to accomplish. And this is the time again. 
So that's how we, we just try to do it and try, just try to make it very simple. And uh, just on your captaincy, and Georgie touched on the fact that you guys were reinstated in April of this year. Did you feel a sense of pressure in the first ODI that you had to be the one to sort of, as a senior player, stand up and score the runs and captain a certain way because there were cameras, which might not be something you guys are used to? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when when that when that scandal happened, we were reinstated, I think, in November. It happened in June. And after four, June, July, August, September, October, five months later, we were reinstated, but we then got our ODI status in April. Um, and going into the game, what I've tried to do, like I was explaining to, to Georgie uh, earlier, was um, I just tried to separate myself as a captain and a player. And each time I go out to bat, I try to play as a player, not think about the captaincy. Just a way I've tried to process pressure and it has worked. I try to think about what's required at that time. And as a player, I need to deliver. So, yeah, that's just how I, I kind of thought about it going in and it worked. And then later, then you think, oh, I'm the captain. I'm being responsible. Oh, okay. I need to keep going. But initially, it's about my role as a batter and what I need to do. Yeah, it's not really about captaincy. And like you said earlier, when you went into that one, you know, it was more about the win than the personal milestones, which is something that's amazing. And also, I think your attitude is one that is so applicable across not just cricket, you know. Would you say that, you know, you control the controllables and if it's done and you can't deal with it, then it's got to be passed? And is that something you bring into your personal life as well? Yeah, um, I think I, I don't like to be stressed. I don't like I don't like to focus on things that I feel I have no control over. I, it's just a philosophy. It's just something I've tried to apply, and it works. It works like a charm because at times um, you don't have complete control over everything in life. And the moment you want to control something you cannot control, it gives you a lot of anxiety. It gives you a lot of instability, and it robs you of a peace of mind and you know happiness. So I try to, to be a very happy person and something I cannot control, I accept. It might be painful. Um, it might be a tough one to swallow. But the moment I tell myself, okay, is there any, anything I could have done? Uh, no. Um, is it done? Can I change anything? No. Or I might as well just, you know, let it go and get on with it. <laughs> get on with life. So, yes. Just, you're just quoting Frozen at us now, aren't you? <laughs> you're going to burst into song next thing we know. <laughs> I think I think so. I think so. <laughs> so yeah, this is just yeah how I try to do things. That could be like a team song, you know, have a bit of Elsa in there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> do you have have you got a team song? No, no, not really. We're still trying to come up with one. We just have like war cries and stuff, but like not a song song now. Nah, that's quite fun. But how about like a mantra? Have you got like a personal mantra or something you bring into your pre-game chat? Yeah, we just, I think the, the mantra is just, you know, striving for greatness, you know, against all odds, just trying to come out on top. So we try to apply it in different moments, in different ways. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so obviously, we, as we touched on earlier, you guys, you are role models, you know, for younger girls around the country that want to get involved in not necessarily just cricket, in sports or just achieve in life or anything. So what would you say to those younger girls looking to 
pursue you know a career that might not necessarily be something people think for women or a sports career or cricket which even in like across the world it's still developing as you know it is a women's sport just as much a men's sport yeah I think I think what's important is just to to have a dream to not be limited but what by by what people say uh, to not be put in a box you know, a girl cannot do this. A girl cannot do that. A woman cannot be this. A woman cannot be that. I think it's it's limiting in so many ways, and it conditions women to and girls to think little of themselves. You know, there's a, girls and women must know that they've got a lot of potential within them, and it just takes them, you know, having the hope and the dream and and pursuing it. You know, and one thing that will definitely happen is there'll be a lot of crit- criticism. There'll be a lot of discouraging statements people will throw around you know but you know as long as you're passionate about it as long as you believe you you're meant for it if you you enjoy it you, know, you need to go for it you need to go for it 110 percent you just need to be ready for everything else that comes with it you know yeah and push forward and uh, just on the flip side of that what's one piece of advice when you were starting out that you received that stuck with you to this day? My mom just told me to, to do it. She, she, I remember when the first time. Are you trying joined, to get a Nike sponsorship there? Eh? <laughs> well, it and, becomes the day. Oh. But yeah, she just told me to, 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 she made sure that I, I really wanted to do what I wanted to do. So when I was in high school, I had to go for um, national team uh, camp for starters. And then we had to go to Kenya. And that was in the middle of the term. We were about to write exams and stuff. And so at school, there was a talk about now I'm ditching school and pursuing sports, da, 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 da. And it was a big deal for people uh, for me to, you know, ditch school and go pursue sports. And at the age of 15, she told me that, is this what you want to do? I said, yes. I said, okay. So she said, okay, so go, go do it. I support you. So it's one thing that has stuck with me that, you know, once you decide to do something, once you're sure you want to do something, you just have to do it. It's, it's easy to think about it and to plan for it and to, you know, write on your vision board and stuff. But the biggest thing is to actually do it. Yeah, that's what I, I, I did. And obviously cricket is such an important part of your life. It's integral to it, I believe. What sort of sacrifice have you had to make to ensure that you're getting the best possible cricket you can play, really? Um, I think... Well, even coming from high school, there are times when I had to sacrifice and manage my time, uh, my time better. And I think throughout university, when I did my undergrad, and then when I did my postgrad, um, I just had to know that at some point I have to balance my my schoolwork and and cricket. And at times, it has meant that having a social life that is not as uh, colorful as others. Um, not having a, a, a lot of friends and not having, not being in constant communication with the people you love at times because it takes you, cricket at, at times takes you away from, from those people. So also having to play with boys, you know, it's not easy to be a girl, you know, amongst boys. And so you run the risk of people thinking you, you, you know, you are trying to threaten them as, as boys or as men. And, you know, it's 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 not easy. 
it's not easy, but I just had to say, okay, this is what I like. I'm hoping they, the boys will like me too. I'm just here to play cricket and enjoy. And yeah, uh, those are some of the things I had to go through to get to where I am today. Yeah, and it's not like you're there to step on any toes. You're there because you love cricket. They're there because they love cricket. And it should just be, we are cricketers regardless. Yeah. Yeah, and so is that something, is that why, do you remember recently we've had the MCC changes, you know, we've gone from batsmen to batters. Is that something that really resonates with you then? It does, it does. Um, because I think I think cricket is a sport for people. It's not a sport for one gender. And so it being inclusive in such a way was a big deal for me. And I hope more and more developments will come through to, to make sure that the opportunities and everything else is suitable for both genders. Because, you know, we all play cricket, men and women. Yeah. Yeah. And then just rewind just, just a couple of minutes to the, you know, just casually did an undergrad and a postgrad. I mean, <laughs> a lot of, you know, just, oh, yeah, by the way, just did a postgrad too. What was your postgrad in? And did you find that that helped you with your cricket in any way, you know, with your focus and dedication? Yeah. Um, um, I did my undergrad in business finance and then I did my master's in development finance in Cape Town. And I think it has really helped me with time management and focus and indiscipline. I think there's no way you can achieve both and, you know, have the privilege of being the captain and almost uh, and, and also have a master's degree. It's, it's something that wasn't easy. So it, it has helped me with, with being disciplined and, and being focused and, you know, just believing that, you know, I want to do this, I'll do it. So, yeah. And uh, what's next for you on the horizon? What are your plans for you and for the Zimbabwe women's cricket team over the next couple of years? Um, I think on the cricket side, it's just to play the hardest cricket we can. Getting to the World Cup is the biggest for us. So November is such a big deal. You know, it would be nice for us to make an appearance at the World Cup. So we're working really hard uh, to achieve that. And obviously, you know, having this status means more people, you know, follow you and stuff. So hoping um, some of our players will be able to get the opportunity to play, you know, in those clubs, the BBLs and the 100. And if it can happen, then that would go awesome, you know. So, yeah, I think any athlete wants to compete at the highest level of the sport. And it's also something we, we hope will happen in the future, in the near future for, for the Lady Sharons. And you mentioned the 100 there. Would you have your eyes on a team that you might potentially join? Listen, all 100 franchises out there, we have a player for you. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would want to join one of the teams. Any, to be honest. I didn't have any favourites this past, yeah. But since it was starting, I was still also getting the hang of it. But yeah, yeah. I think it's a form that I want to try. Yeah, and it's one of those things that just was so incredible for women's cricket this summer. And it's evident that it was seen across the world, which is exactly what the 100 wanted for the women's game and the men's game but that did you get to watch did you watch that first standalone women's game yes I did I did I had to yeah was that quite a moment for you as well it was it was um I think the 10 balls was was a huge uh, confusing moment for me but yeah the more I watched it the more I I got to understand it and you could actually even see the players were also getting better at it at, 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 as, as the tournament progressed so yeah I, I followed it quite uh quite vividly yeah. and obviously you mentioned you'd like to qualify for a world cup do you have a pick on which one you'd like to qualify for or are you just ecstatic to be in the running for either 
I think the one that's coming now, the 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 one day is the ODI. Yeah, I think it would actually it's either to be honest. It's just that the ODI is coming first. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's either for us it would be a big deal. It would be a first time in either format. Yeah, and you obviously led from the front in this series with Ireland, but um, looking at the youngsters in your team, who have you got, you know, you've really got your eye on as like, she's going to be the star of the future, present, whatever, just she's going to be a star. I think Josephine Como is going to be a big deal. She's an all-rounder. Um, and you can see with the way she takes her cricket seriously that, you know, there's a serious cricketer here. And I think she's going to, to, do, to do very well in her career. So for me, it's just from Como. Yeah, I think it's um it's nice to be able to recognise your own team members and be like, right, she's a star. But it's not like you're getting on at all yourself, only 30. So you've got a few more years in you there. So you never know. You get two World Cups in there, qualify for this one, qualify for the next one. And Bob's your uncle, as they yeah. say. <laughs> um, and is there... Like, because obviously I said earlier, you've got the support of the sports minister and stuff now. Uh, do you find that the authorities at Zimbabwe Cricket have really recognised you guys as a force and are getting behind you at the moment? Yeah, I think they are, um, especially this year. I remember my friends and I uh, in the team were actually saying we have played cricket, guys. We've played a lot of cricket compared to the other years. So I think it's... I think for us, it's a, it's a reflection. It's, it's a glimpse of hope that we'll, we'll continue having more games, uh, all the more now that we have uh, an ODI status. Uh, we're hoping that it comes with a lot of games and also it comes with more, more support in the, in, the, in the provinces to set up structures for the school's cricket and the club cricket. You know, that's where the cricket is supposed to be played mostly. So, yeah. We're hoping that it's a, it's, a, it's a positive sign towards the right direction. And in England, we have this thing where professional cricketers, they go around to schools and they coach. Do you guys do that in Zimbabwe at all? No, not really. Uh, it's not a lot of that is happening. Um, hopefully it will start happening now that we're about to host the qualifiers. And after qualifiers, a lot of people would have uh, been introduced to the game or will have an interest and it would be then a good starting point for, for that to happen. Yeah, and that's quite a big moment for Zimbabwe to host those qualifiers, like we said earlier. And so that's going to be mega. Um, well, we as we coming to the end of our chat, because we don't want to keep you all day because you've got some sunshine to go and enjoy, um, we yeah. normally round off with some fun quickfire questions. And Hannah's favourite is what's your favourite sledge that you've used or heard? But I also feel like you're a bit too nice to use sledging, but you never know. Maybe when you get in that competitive situation, what's your favourite sledge? I am, um, I, I actually don't, I don't do any of that. I don't know if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, as a result of not, not playing a lot of cricket, competitive cricket for me to require to, to sledge, but I, I haven't. But I remember... Uh, a couple of years ago, when we played against Ireland, Mary Waldron was actually one person who was sledging me big time. And I don't remember what she said, but after the game, I felt so stressed. I was like, girl, what was that? And she was actually laughing. Can you imagine? She's actually like, no, it's a game. It's a game of cricket. And, you know, when, when she was behind the stumps during this, um, this series, I was like, oh, look at you now. You, you know, you've grown. Are you, are you lazy to sledge now? Because this was, this was your thing. 
but yeah, I remember she's she's like the worst. Back then she was the worst. I think she's changed now. Or oh, she's just not interested now. But yeah. <laughs> um, favorite cricket ground you've played at? Favorite. We have not played in many places. No, we played at the Centurion. I have played at the Centurion in South Africa. I was playing provincial cricket. I was playing at at, at university. And I was selected into the KwaZulu-Natal inland team. And I think we played one game at the Centurion. So, yeah, that was my favorite. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and if there was somewhere you could play, where would you want to play? MCG. Packed out MCG, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. the noise, all the vibes, definitely there. That's, that's me. <laughs> and with the Women's Big Bash League coming into full effect soon, if you could play for any Women's Big bash league team who would it be and why i think it would be the sydney thunder i think mm-hmm. yeah i think i like the way they come together as a team and fight and fight out um any situation so i think they resonate with my my grit i think <laughs> what was the last netflix or tv series you binged I binged on Blood and Water. It's a South African series. Mm. Yeah, it's called Blood and Water. Interesting. Yeah. Have you, do you know it? Have you heard about it? Never heard of it. Yeah. I'll have to, I think I'll have to watch, yeah. add it to my list after I finish Squid Game. You should. You should. <laughs> uh, favourite genre of music? Genre. What favourite artist either? Okay. At the moment, there's a South African genre that's called Ama Piano. I don't know if you know it. You should look for it. How do you spell it? A M A. Mm-hmm. P I O. Mm-hmm. N O. Okay. Well, it's, South African. it's unique. It's it's not a it's not a genre. It's a it's a beat, but there's a lot of no, a lot, lot of noise around it. So for now it's it's that, but otherwise it's hip hop. Hip hop, R and B, yeah. Is is that you as well? I just like anything I can dance to because I can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. <laughs> All right. If you could play with any current player playing, who would it be and why? Uh, that will be Smriti Mandana. I think I just like the way she bats. I like the way she fights. I like the way she's composed. And I like the way she's responsible when she's batting. So she definitely would be one person I'd like to be in the same team with. What's your favourite cocktail? I don't like cocktails. Oh, there like you go. No, no right. I don't. Yeah. I, like whiskey. Get... I like whiskey. There you go. Whiskey with ice counts as a cocktail. Yes. <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I don't know if you have matched teas. In Zimbabwe, the same kind of way we do. I imagine yours don't consist of things like scotch eggs, pork pies and cocktail sausages and egg sandwiches. But what's your favourite tea item? Tea item? Mm. No, I just, I think cheese and tomato sandwich would would help. Yeah, nice and simple. Yeah. And uh, if you could play with any player who's retired from the women's game, who would it be and why? Charlotte Edwards. Big up, Lottie. We love a bit of Lottie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we definitely know who your your favourite is, then, don't we? Does that make you? Yeah. Do you get to do you watch any of the domestic stuff? 
Does it stream over in Zimbabwe? No, it doesn't get streamed. I think the most I do is watch the highlights. Yeah, most of it is the highlights I watch. Yeah, I think um, I think we've we've exhausted you enough probably for the day. Um, also, I just want to add that what I loved earlier is when you're like, you know, our preparation for the match, we go and get our hair done. That is something I, I can get so behind. It's like, right, so we've got match day. We know we've got to have our kit packed and washed. We've got to go get our hair done. Um, that's, just, <laughs> that's just such a vibe I can get behind. As you can see, I, I haven't done mine today because I'm not playing. Okay. <laughs> not sure I quite suit the braids either. Don't know if that'd be quite my... No, no, it's, it's no, nah, no. Nah. I don't yeah, think so. Well, <laughs> but you can try it though. You could try it. I could try and then you could laugh and then I could get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, but then you know, would have known then. Yeah. This is true. No, I don't think I'd quite rock it <laughs> like that. It's probably not much quite my thing. But honestly, we are so impressed by everything you're achieving with Zimbabwe cricket. I've got all my fingers and toes and my little dog's fingers and toes crossed for you guys in the qualifiers, because that would just be amazing. Home soil, home crowds. Zimbabwe, you know, is going to the World Cup. I can see it now. And you are doing such amazing things at the front of that team. And we will never forget, you. no one can ever take away that you scored an unbeaten century in your first o- ever you. ODI. So that's on debut and that's unbeaten. So you never know, you might have scored 5,000 if it had carried on. Never know. You never know. But it was honestly, it's so great to chat to you. And thank you so much. Um, we've loved it, haven't we, Alex? Yes, we have. Um, just quickly, Marianne, where can our listeners find you across social media platforms if they want to keep up to date with you, with Zimbabwe women's cricket, and to just help boost the profile of cricket in Zimbabwe? Um, okay, so um, the our team is on all social media platforms. On Instagram, we are Zim, Zim Women Cricket. On Facebook, Zimbabwe Women Cricket. And on Instagram, the same, and on Twitter, sorry, uh, Zimbabwe Women Cricket. Yeah, so it's just that. And then my personal one is Mary Ann Musonda on Facebook. On Twitter, it's my second name, Mutsa13. So it's M U T S A 13, at M U T S A 13. And then on Instagram, it's Mutsa Mumu, M U T S A underscore M U M U. Those are my social media platform handles. There you go. Well, you will suddenly your followers are going to go mad. I can see it now. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies, for having me. Massive thank you to Marianne for coming on and being a guest on the podcast. It's really interesting to hear everything that Zimbabwe have been through and for them to have finally come out the other side. Not only that, it was really, not only that, it was really great to chat to her about in effect, making a century on debut. And despite all these things that have happened to them, it hasn't deterred them away from their goals of reaching a World Cup, which is really commendable. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at GeorgieHeath27, at CassieCoombs98, and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira on Twitter. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.